0: You know, we always get incredibly scared when companies come to us and they say, we figured partnerships out. We have this one partner that we're going to bring onto the platform and it's going to change the way our business is going to run. And we changed our entire commercialization strategy around this for this entire year. And we have to actually stop them and say, hold on, who else have you tried to go through it and work with? Because this is probably going to work very differently than you actually think. So, the earlier you start your partner program, the easier it is to make those iterations so that when you have and discover those high value partners, you know how to work with them, you know how to work with them, you know how to work with them. 90% Conversational of the product, market. They didn't see it I think, a real game The marketing yeah. automation discussion.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Automation Discussion. Here's your host, my dad. Yeah, Hello everyone, it's your host, Alex Glenn. Before we start today's episode, I want to ask you a couple questions. When I say the words partner program, what do you think? What tools or strategies come to mind? If you are or have been a product owner or marketer, maybe your brain goes straight towards the term affiliate and affiliate link tracking apps like Referral Sasquatch or Git Ambassador. Or if you are dealing with consumer brands, maybe the only partner programs you have experience with are influencer-based and tracked using apps like Influencer or Tracker. But what if I say the words channel relationships, co-selling, or reselling? That's what we're most interested in here at Automated today. So we're going to discuss the new world of partnership strategy, specifically in the vertical of partner relations management and PRM software, like that of today's guest, founder of partnerstack.com, formerly growsumo.com, Mr. Bryn Jones. Bryn and the team at Partner Stack help companies open scalable and cost effective acquisition channels through partnerships. Companies like Intuit, Asana, Evernote, and Freshworks use PartnerStack to manage their channel relationships, which average between 20 and 40% of their overall revenue. My former guest and founder of Reply.io, Lee Gladish, is a user of PartnerStack.com and told me yesterday his channel partner referral revenue will reach around $500,000 this year alone. And of course, with this level of revenue, there is the stack to consider. How will this new channel become an integral part of the existing operations and who do you need to run it? Needless to say, I had to get the answers from the horse's mouth and that meant getting Bryn on to help me illustrate what a partner program strategy is, how it's woven into your standard operating procedures and what it means for those who execute effectively. I'm very excited to share this with you today. So let's get started. Let's go ahead and get started, Bryn, with a brief introduction to you, your history there, and what happened
0: with GrowSumo, Partner PartnerStack, and Y combinate. Yeah, well, thanks, Alex. Before we got started with PartnerStack and my life prior to startups, um, I was actually an, an, an athlete. I was a member of Canada's national swim team, and I eventually turned into an entrepreneur in graduate school. I all of a sudden had an extra 30 hours a week in my hands and spent it learning how to code learning about software and for whatever reason was really drawn into enterprise software very early on. So my founders and I originally built a platform that was like Slack, except we joked that it was worse in every way. We didn't have the growth. uh, We certainly didn't raise the capital that they had. And quite frankly, the product just wasn't anywhere near as good. But the uh, one thing that we did learn there was um, how to build a network of partners, 80% 80% of our revenue was actually driven from people sending us referrals. We would then manage those referrals on this Google spreadsheet and pay them out every single time they drove us new revenue. Companies actually started reaching out to us at that point in time, and these companies were much bigger than us, asking us, how did you build your channel program? And to be honest, you know, our answer was, what's a channel program? We were super fortunate that Shopify was right down the street. We're based here in Toronto. We walked over to their team, who at the time were doing more than 20% of their revenue through channel. And they said, if I were to do this from day one, here are the 10 features that I would require to manage and scale up our channel program. That was in early 2015. Within 60 days of that conversation, we were accepted into Y Combinator. I went through the program summer 2015 did our initial launch, built a solid enterprise software platform, rebranded to PartnerStack, and here we are today. And this is a
1: very interesting background. I mean, it's it's one you hear not often, but it does come up, especially with the successful companies where you sort of had something going on internally, which ironically enough, it's uh, similar to Slack's story. But you had something going on internally that was working very well, and someone noticed it, and that became the product that that you were entering Y Combinator with and became what is now
0: PartnerStack.
1: I'm very curious, what made it an enterprise solution specifically?
0: Yeah, that's actually a, a really good question. You know, partnerships are really complicated. We realized very early on it was an enterprise solution because it touched so many different parts of a business and because it actually sat inside of a larger technology stack, right? It's very important for any enterprise solution to be working directly with the CRM Uh, We actually work and have the capacity of working directly with a payments gateway. And because we're spread across, though there's one buyer, typically somebody that's inside of partnerships or inside of marketing, though there's one buyer, there are different parts of the organization that are in fact that that actually have influence over over partnerships. And so, you know, it's a a complicated beast partnerships. Uh, There's a reason why no one's gone through and been able to solve this yet. And we went through the process in 2015 of discovering all those reasons. I love it. But I'm
1: very curious how you approach the companies that do not have a brand built yet. If a company is coming to you and they say something along the lines of, we are planning to do a partnership program, but we are going to wait until we have a recognizable brand. Can you talk to me as if I'm one of those startups that may have a lot of traction? I have great unit economics, got a lot of customers, but I don't feel like my brand is ready for partnerships
0: yet. What would you say to me? Yeah, so the thing that we always say is 30% of all software sold is sold through partners. So if you aren't thinking of how you're going to implement your partner program, you are just leaving 30% of your revenue on the table. Now, you're not going to solve that overnight, right? The same thing as if you're going to go through and do ad spend, whether it's on analytic or on, on Google, on LinkedIn, or on a platform like Gita Crowd, like, you're not going to figure it out overnight. And the same thing applies for, for partnerships. I mean, you're not going to figure out your sales and sales process overnight either, right? But if you have a keen understanding of your unit economics, it's important very early on that you go through and put that sign on the door that says you're open for business with partners because your business will likely attract partnerships that you aren't thinking about. And it's important that you capture those partners, whether you choose to work with them today, um, you know, next quarter or next year, the more data you collect and the sooner you do it, the the more accurate and the better uh, your partner program will be when you do launch it. So... You know, we're a big believer in, in starting early and iterating. Um, I mean, we're a big believer in every aspect of our business with that, but the same is actually true with partnerships. And the number one mistake that we see early companies come through and do is try to be perfect with this on day one. Um, and you know, it's just not gonna happen. Um, you don't wanna be per- you don't you don't wanna be perfect with it because you probably haven't started early enough. Uh, and if you are perfect with it, you've probably overbaked the plot. You've already excuse me, if you are perfect. You've probably overbaked your program which is going to be a bad experience for you and a bad experience for any of your partners.
1: So it's almost a situation where just like any pre-product market fit aspect of your platform, or if your platform is pre-product market fit, you have to go out there and you have to release it to the world. You've got to get that data back and build it with your customer's feedback, with that initial data flowing through the platform. That's the same way with any marketing automation platform, any advertising tech, any sales enablement, but it seems to be similar to building out any sort of channel in your business.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what I meant is, you know, like any marketing channel, there's going to be iterations on it and there's going to be iterations on your partner channel as well. You know, we always get incredibly scared when companies come to us and they say, we figured partnerships out. We have this one partner that we're going to bring onto the platform and it's going to change the way our business is going to run. And we changed our entire commercialization strategy around this for this entire year. And we have to actually stop them and say, hold on. Who else have you tried to go through it and work with? Because this is probably going to work very differently than you actually think. So the earlier you start your partner program, the easier it is to make those iterations so that when you have and discover those high value partners, you know how to work with them. You have to equip these people to be successful. They are going to be the voice um, to your customers. In many cases, the large resellers and managed service providers are going to be one of the first lines of support for your customers. So you have to be able to go through and start working with them early and often. um, Build marketing materials, um, sales materials, customer success tools. Learn, you know, are the training programs you're providing to these resellers and partners, are they actually valuable? How could they be more valuable? The same type of discovery process has to happen early and often. And the sooner you do it, um, the more likely uh, you know your partner program is going to be able to scale up accordingly. I mean, all you have to go through and do is look at large companies like hubspot and 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 shopify and and see they invested early, and the result is you know forty percent of their new revenue is coming in through um, is coming in through their partner channel. And there's no more cost effective way of scaling revenue than not having to go through and add an extra sales body, not having to go through and add an extra success or success and support body. And when you do the breakdown and our customers do the breakdown, you know, a lot of these uh, customers that partners drive actually end up being, you know, 250% more valuable than the customers you can acquire yourself
1: that's a perfect segue into the unit economics so i want to go and skip ahead a couple of questions we have some stuff to talk about around the development of the industry and what's going on and some of the comparables and your thoughts around building out the stack but let's skip ahead to the unit economics so you mentioned that uh, that number there around the the 250%. Can you reiterate that one more time? And then let's talk about the setup costs and the hiring for, or siphoning off bandwidth, and then the promotional aspect of partnerships.
0: Yeah. So we see partners drive customers, um, and you know some of the data that we go through and collect shows that the partners can drive customers, and the LTV of those customers end up being much greater than the LTV of the companies. And the simple reason is it's often those partners are selling multiple solutions to that end customer. And if those partners can sell multiple solutions, if those partners can sell that quote unquote tech stack, um, that's a more successful way to go through and, and retain customers because you can't take one part of the tech stack out. You have to enable your partners to sell, to sell like truly a tech stack, and you have to enable your partners to include you in that tech stack. So that's one of the reasons. And the second reason also is partners are often the ones that are either administrating the accounts, are training the admin, are training the end users, um, um, and or are the first line of customer support. And though you think that you're really good at customer support. You know, Often these partners are paid a monthly retainer to jump through and help on every single bit. So they can just be better all around, which truly increases the LTV of these end customers the partners can bring.
1: Is there a rough average higher LTV of a partner referral versus a marketing and sales driven customer?
0: I mean, there are numbers out there all over the place. We're often seeing the LTV being anywhere from 150 to 250% greater that partners go through and bring on. You can dive into the specifics. You know, is it a marketing partner? Is it a referral partner? Is it a reseller partner? Um, they're all a little bit different, and depending on the ACV of the account that they're signing, um, that's also a little different. But from what we see, and like kind of in, in the medium, we're seeing 150 percent to 250 um, percent greater LTV from partners, that, that from from uh, customers that partners bring on.
1: So help me out understanding your bare minimum, your MVP partnership stack setup. Let's talk to the mid-market people out there. Let's talk to the 50 employee SaaS companies out there. What would you say would be an expected setup
0: cost for your first year of a partnership program? So you need to dedicate one FTE to your partner program. This person needs to be responsible for designing it, implementing it, and managing it. You know, it it needs to be their full-time job because there's so many components and pieces to it. So that's what we recommend. It can be someone junior, it can be someone intermediate. We've seen people be successful, you know, one year out of school to 25 plus years in the business being that first FTE. But you need to bring in one person and you need to let them focus on this. Um, If it's going to drive 30% of your revenue and you know it's going to drive 30% of your revenue it makes sense to put an individual behind the, 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 the resources for it. So that's the first step. Hire someone. Don't buy software and then hire someone. Hire someone first and then enable them to buy the software, no matter what the solution is. When you hire them, put budget aside to, for that software. Um, right? Like You can't expect someone to come in today and be successful in your organization, a salesperson to be successful in your organization without Salesforce or a developer to be successful in your organization without something like you know, um, GitLab or GitHub. Um, same thing on a partnership person. You're gonna have to enable them to go through and, and pick the tool that they require in order to design a partnership system that's gonna generate you revenue. And so starting point, it's typically anywhere from 12 to $20,000 in software in the first year. That's what we go through and recommend. Um, we believe it's important to build on a foundation versus trying a whole bunch of different solutions that you ultimately end up churning from. Um, I know being a founder myself, I've gone through it and made that mistake over and over and over again. Right. Go for what seems cheap, but only to realize three to six months later, you can't use it as you scale up. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking somewhere roughly between 60 to 100 thousand dollars when you account for all the promotions and events that you're going to go through and handle to to start recruiting partners as well. So it's not a small bet, um, but it's a bet that you need to make, because if you're not going through and making that investment, you're giving up 30 percent of your revenue.
1: Got it. And in a lot of cases I'm sure you see this is where there's there's more of an account based marketing, more of a personalized outreach delegation on that person. So if I if you hire that person, they're more They're more like an SDR, I imagine. They're reaching out to potential partners. They're doing these demos on the partnership side of things. They're onboarding. As it heats up, maybe there's an onboarding success manager that gets brought in to deal with them after they've been onboarded. So you have a sales system that's being built, but it's focused on those partnerships and getting that partnership system off the ground, just
0: like you would a sales system. That's exactly right. You know, We see people now more and more, the people that come in and, and are hired for this position typically have a marketing background, right? In the nineties, the people that would sit into these roles, because I mean, partnerships was such an important component and go to market was the channel was such an important component of go to market strategies in the nineties with on-prem systems and stuff that was typically a sales driven role. We're seeing more frequently, this is a marketer or someone that has marketing background that knows how to open up top of funnel and knows how to convert partners right you have to go through and uh, build a funnel you have to bring partners through that funnel you have to expand that funnel and once they're in that funnel you actually have to get them to convert from you know new partner to engaged partner right um partner that is successful to partner or, or partner that is unsuccessful to partner that is successful and marketers are really good at thinking through the systems required to build to build that out um. So we're seeing a lot of success in that space, where companies go through and and recruit marketers for that role.
1: So that's a recommendation. You would suggest starting with a marketer in that role, then moving to salespeople. Is that the recommendation?
0: Absolutely, and really bring in the sales type people when you have successful partners in the program, because th- their job is to either you know go through and 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 find find or you know figure out how the partner can sell more and to which clients um, or to. You know, have a really keen understanding of that partner persona. Um, the same way as you have you know, customer personas, you're going to go through and develop partner personas and you're going to know who to go through and target. Um, the marketer is really good at, at at bringing those people through the funnel um, and, and, and letting them go. The salespeople is really good at figuring out specifically who to go through and target after you have a few people that are in fact successful.
1: So thinking along those lines, if I were to set up a partnership program in my company today, I may pull off a little bit of bandwidth from a marketer and we would set up the infrastructure and that infrastructure would be say partnerstack.com it would be integrated with our CRM to make sure there's no sort of duplications going on. We'll talk about that in a minute how how that interacts with what's currently happening. But let's just say they're bifurcated. They're totally separate, but you have partnerships being run by somebody in the marketing department. There is a landing page for the partnership program that's linked in the footer. Talk me through the setup steps for a successful partnership program if you wanted to start at the very ground level. The
0: setup steps that we have for people is identify 10 partners. Find 10 partners that are actually engaged. They don't even necessarily need to be sending you business, but if they're asking for marketing materials and sales materials for more than two months, that's an engaged partner. If they're emailing you and contacting you about ideas, that's an engaged partner. And find 10 of them. Once you find those 10 partners, build personas around them. Is it, you know, Jane Smith in Lubbock, Texas that runs a marketing agency? Or is it Tim in Seattle who runs a web development agency? Figure out who those partners are, figure out where those partners are located, and figure out who those partners are selling to. And you should be able to build one persona. After you have one, you can eventually have, you know, build your personas up the same way as you buy for your customers. But go through and find a group of partners that have one specific persona and figure out how to recruit more of them. The next step for the actual recruitment is you need to understand that. You're not actually selling them your product. You're selling them a partnership. So what's the benefit for them joining your program? Often, this is some type of marketing or sales material or asset. It's some unique value that they can provide to their customers or clients. And it's likely some type of reward or commission that they're going to receive for actually going through and accomplishing this. Then you need to actually show them the data behind that. Early days, you're not going to be able to necessarily show that. That's why you're going to have to find those you know, early partner evangelists that really want to take a bet on you. But selling a partnership is much different than selling your product. And we see a lot of companies not understand this.
1: And that's one of the bigger differentiators that we talked about between the partnerships Quote unquote, and the affiliates. You know, you may have a monthly fee paid out to partners just for doing whatever they're doing to maintain the partnership and the customers that they bring in. So there may be some customer success factor on their plate that you may have to build in a fee for in your partnership program, not just that one time referral fee that most people are used to seeing. So that's really important. Okay, we have everything from you know defining your ICPS for your partnership program based on companies and people, individuals that are already engaged with your brand. Then you build out personas for each one of those ten. Then you whittle it down to a few that have the exact same persona or profile or a very similar profile. And then you go and find a lot more of those individuals. So you do some data enrichment, you do some prospecting, you fill out a database of as many as you can find, and then you determine your your associated program fees, whatever you're going to be offering these individuals, you back into some numbers around what they can be expecting and payment per referral, and then you go to work on pushing this messaging out. And for those of us that may have a few different things in our heads around how the marketing of a partnership program looks, tell me from your angle what you would suggest a marketer sitting in that seat do now that they have data Now that they have a media kit, now that they have a landing page, and they've got a list, they have that data for those potential new
0: partners that they haven't reached out to yet. What would be the next step there? Content, 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 right? What is that persona? What is that partner persona interested in reading? The sooner you can figure that out, the more content, the higher quality content that you can start creating. Like partners in this business that are going to go through and recommend technology software, are reading technology blogs. They want to read stuff that is about their business, that can teach them how to be successful inside of their business, that even shows and, and 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 you know you can feature your partners and how they are successful, not selling your product, but the day-to-day struggles that they're going through and facing, and the reasons why they're going through and partnering with you. Putting a partner face to a program the earlier a marketer can do that and help the partners tell their own story, again, not the story of selling your product, but enabling the partners to tell your own story is fundamental to building one of these partner programs. I mean, this is a lot of heavy lifting, but it's not like you're reinventing the playbook. Every marketer knows how to go through and do this. It's just targeting it specifically around partners. And we've seen companies that have started doing this in their first 12 months, Guess what? They like it was a struggle. They had eight active partners after putting like four FTEs behind it. Well, today those companies are doing more than two hundred million dollars through their partner channel in revenue. And it's the most cost-effective way to go through it and, and and come on on board. So um, That's kind of the playbook. Um, You know, not a lot is written on it, but that's kind of what we go through and provide to people. And we see a lot of success when that happens.
1: I imagine it's less like a steady spend this much time and resources and get this back in return It's more like building a community. You know, you put in a lot of time to really build the infrastructure and to get those first few talking about the program and utilizing it. But once the word gets out that you have a stable, successful program and you're making those initial partners happy, that's when it starts to hockey stick. That's when you start to really see the benefit of your partnership program. For most people, I imagine it works more like that.
0: Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it works. And the way you should think of it is like that might seem like a long time, but think about how many wasted dollars you have on ad spend, right? Or on events, like when you truly look at the ROI, like this is a sustainable channel that can grow on its own at some point in time. Um, you know, the longer you do it, the more efficient you get at it, the, the greater the returns that are there. Um, and if you're going to become one of these businesses that do one hundred million dollars in ARR, like it's going to be part of your business model. So the sooner you start doing it, the more data you can go through and collect on who these partners are, how they sell, and how you can enable them to be successful, the bigger the program that you're going to go through and and create.
1: And back to the content that you mentioned, I do want to give a hats off to Drift. I think they did an amazing job at the content that their partners have at their disposal to help them sell. That was something they did very well. So hats off to those guys. And then Unbounce, you guys have done an amazing job with Unbounce. I know a couple of Unbounce partners and they're doing a fantastic job over there. So there's probably some use cases for Unbounce. Check that out and we'll have some links in the show notes. And I want to circle back real quickly to something that we sort of touched on, but we didn't clarify quite enough. I'm looking at a partnership program. I'm Googling keywords, right? If I'm really new to this and I'm looking into the differences between platforms, give me the keywords that you would use to find a partnerstack.com versus the keywords that you'd find a link trust or click or a cake.com. One of those guys. Are there differences in the keywords? If so, let me know what those are.
0: Yeah. I mean, the biggest difference, here is people mix up partners, right? Because it's such a vague word, right? So partners can be defined in three categories. There's your marketing partners and that's typically like an affiliate or a partnership with something like a bank that runs an email campaign. There's your referral partners. and that's generally some type of customer advocate, um, whether they're one of your customers or just one of your evangelists that are out there that are gonna send you leads. And then the last category is resellers. And resellers are typically where people are actually building their business around selling yours. Um, so they make money off of both commissions as well as training and often have a monthly retainer to go through it and provide support out to these clients. So those are the three categories of partnerships that are there. And so often people think of partnerships as just being affiliate or so often partnerships is just, you know, managed service providers. Whereas the reality is, it's typically a blend of everything. I mean, you can't define marketing as just ad spend, right? Um, And so the same thing is true in partnerships. We just haven't seen it well defined yet, which is something, I mean, our team is certainly going through and trying to work on.
1: Got it. So the affiliate side of things, is just one piece of the puzzle. It's just one option. But in a full partnership program, you may have those affiliate links throughout your blog post if you are promoting a partner of yours, but you're also going to be referring and helping your customers onboard into this referral partner that you've chosen. And you're really relying on the, the income that that referral partner may bring in. And maybe you have a few referral partners across different verticals, but you've accounted for that revenue. You're building a business out of it. And And that world becomes much different than these one-off, simply a tracking referrals, tracking affiliates, this link tracking sort of vertical that we're all pretty used to. I like that definition. So thank you for that. So now let's talk about how partnerships fits into my stack. How does it fit into the stack and what is the real role of partnerstack.com with relation to my CRM or my marketing automation or my analytics, et cetera?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So we go through and tie into you know, your marketing automation system, into you know, your CRM, no matter what type of CRM that's there. And we'll actually tie all the way into your payment gateway if you want us to. And the reason why that those three integrations are necessary is because you need to provide your partnerships your excuse me you need to provide your partners with a dashboard so that they can be successful. And what I mean by that is you couldn't possibly hire a salesperson today and not give them access to Salesforce and expect them to be successful. I mean if you told a sales manager that you didn't operate using a, a CRM no matter what type of CRM it actually ends up being, you'd never find a sales manager that would join your company. So how could you possibly expect, um, you know, not to be able to provide your partners and also to expect them for, for them to be successful? So we sit in the stack. We are really the layer, that the technology layer between companies like, you know, Drift, like Asana, like Unbounce and their partners. We provide, you know, adapt- we tie into your um, CRM, tie into your marketing automation system, tie into your... Um, payment gateway, and we provide a level of transparency for both the partners and the companies to know who's converting what and where. This is going to avoid major conflicts. It's actually called channel conflict, and we see companies overpay their channel partners millions of dollars as a result to it sometimes. Um, and there's never been this level of transparency between partners and companies until we've come through and and rec- recognize that hey, you know what, people actually need. in today, in 2019. Partners need technology to sell business to sell technology companies um, software. Um, and, and there's just been a lot of lacking, a, lot, a lot of solutions that have lacked that on, on the market. And, and educating the market on the importance of that has been actually very well received. I got it. So my partnership
1: manager, this person, maybe they're pulled off of sales. So they're used to working in a marketing automation suite. Maybe they dabble in the CRM a little bit, but they mostly stay away from the CRM. Now they're giving handed partnerstack.com to start building out their partnership pipeline if you will, and to start demoing and offering the same dashboard. Is this a situation where it's more so the platform to be handed off to the partners for them to use, and then your internal team still uses your typical CRM? Or does the promotions and the activity of tracking and finding and note-taking and all of the CRM activities around partnerships, does that happen in partnerstack.com?
0: Yes. We are the system of record for partnerships right? And so the partnerships manager uses us, uses our dashboard, uses all our marketing automation tools to engage partners, uses our platform for that. We just so happen to tie into your CRM and to tie into your payment gateway to provide both that manager and your sales team, and the partnerships visibility into the activity that's happening inside of the partner channel.
1: So if I'm a Salesforce user and a partner stack user, when I'm looking at a contact in Salesforce, and I'm a salesperson, so I'm after this contact to sell the software to, and there has been some activity around that person in partner stack, would those notes show up in Salesforce? or would they show up only in partnerstack.com? Or is this um, an option and customized?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it depends on how you're integrated, but we're designed so that the sales rep never has to log into partnerstack. We don't wanna go through and complicate anyone's life. right? We know the sales reps, um, they know their CRM. So whether it's Salesforce or whatever other CRM is out there, we do not want sales reps inside of your company To be going through and having to log into our platform they can if you want them to we certainly support it we've seen companies do it but in an optimal state we're integrated with the crm and we're simply you know the 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 platform that's that's transferring the messages between partners and your sales team and we're giving visibility to the partnership manager to track and manage the success of all of that
1: i love it and i'm going to call out A company that I'm working with right now, because I was in this situation last week where the company had created a new instance for me. I've been on a free plan with them just as a a quality customer and a partner of theirs, and they created a new instance for me. But there's no partner stack in between my customer profile and their customer success and their sales team. So then I was starting to receive sales emails, and then that new instance vanished. Then I started to get customer success responses asking me who set up my instance and what was the plan under and all these questions that just made me sort of, you know, kind of a little bit turned off to
0: the whole situation. That would be a perfect example of where it goes wrong. Absolutely. I mean, you're not going to work for them for free. <laughs> um, and so if you're not working them for them and they're not paying you a salary, um, you know, your patience is probably pretty, pretty low. And so if there's a lot of mistakes and mishaps, if you go through and send them a bunch of business, there's no guarantee that you're going to continue sending them that, uh, a, a lot more business. And so it's very smart of the company to go through and make the investment required so that they can actually be referred business. Because if you're not making that investment, you're making a conscious decision that you do not want many referrals. Got it. So let's
1: boil that down to a conclusion here. So anybody listening, if you have any relationships with any close partners, whatever you want to call them, anybody that you have a customer relationship, whether you're giving them the platform for free, you're giving them a discount, maybe you've just sponsored their podcast or you've bought some native advertising on their site. Those people, every single one of those should be tracked and managed in a third-party solution and a part of a program that is well organized and able to scale. There's no point, as a marketer, I believe in this sincerely, there is no point in just buying a one-off sponsorship of content like a podcast. There is no point in just doing that activity and going through the work to just have that be a one-off. You have to treat that as the first step to a longer relationship And you have to enable that person that you're engaging in that relationship with to be a good referral source for you. That means not just providing a quality experience and a good product. There's dozens of other good products that will step in and steal that relationship from you. You have to come into that relationship with, hey, we'd like to sponsor your podcast or we'd like to do business with you in this way. We like what you're doing. You talk to our audience. But here is how our partnership program works. And it's all outlined in this document. Here's what you get. And if you're willing to take that next step, let's start out with a sponsorship. And then if your fans or your listeners or your users or your traffic like that, then they can obviously join our platform and you'll be paid uh, this much in continuum for uh, yada, 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 whatever that agreement looks like. So that's the conclusion that I get from this. It's not just something that you start after growth marketing is done and after you've hit that sort of maturity level uh, and things are starting to fizzle out that's not When you start a partnership program, you start it as soon as you're ready to partner in any way with anybody else to promote your business, which to me means as soon as you have a business and unit economics and a team. I believe you're in agreement with that. So as long as I didn't miss anything, let's just talk about how Partner Stack uses partnerships to build the business that you guys have created today and what that looks like with regards to the technology
0: stack that you sit on. So this is something that we pride ourselves in. You know, a lot of people that are in the space of partnerships and building PRMs actually don't have partnership or PRM platform, or or they don't have partnership programs themselves. And like for us, that's like highly questionable. And so from day one of the platform, it is we need to build a partner program and we need to use our technology in order for that to happen. Because if we're the ones that are preaching this, and I see so many players in the space in this PRM type space. um, where, where they actually don't have a partnership program themselves. So they don't actually know how to solve them, the problem that they're currently facing. So it was very important for us from day one to, to build one of these programs. So we use our platform up and down. We have a partnership program with multiple tiers. Um, those tiers, each tier has different reward structure. You know, the better performance that you have, the, the more you'll go through and get upgraded. We do everything from upload sales and marketing assets to our platform. Um, to doing, you know, weekly calls with some of our highest performing partners. We want to know what's happening inside of their business. Um, We don't do much to go through in a market our partner program only because we have so many partners coming through our door. Um, And so, you know, we have a a foundation that's set up and structured. We're going to go do some things, I think, later this year, early next year um, to improve some of the content there for our partners. Um, but it's a fundamental piece to our business and drives a significant portion of our revenue. And, you know, I think that anybody that's not using it doesn't really understand the problem of, of how to work with partners. Got
1: it. And can you mention any uh, tools that you sit on top of besides partner stack, CRM, marketing automation, chat, etc.?
0: Yeah. I mean, we absolutely love, um, uh, I mean, the, the one that, that we go through and and, and and use all the time is is outreach, it's just like an unbelievable pl- a tool that's come out here in the last little bit. I mean, there's, 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 there's dozens and dozens. We use things like, um, you know, Unbounce, we use things like Asana. Um, um, but outreach is, is, is certainly the go-to here on this team. Um, we just, you know, Did a great transition, really enjoyed our time at Intercom, but the pricing made a little bit more sense to move over to Zendesk, just transitioned over to Zendesk and have really enjoyed that. So, I mean, it's like we're in a really fortunate time that there's so many solutions out on the market that we can turn to and leverage. Got it. And do you use a CRM? Yeah, we use Salesforce. We made the heavy investment early days to set that up. Um, And so Salesforce is is our go-to on CRM. And then I'm
1: looking at the integrations page. Do you power all of these integrations or any of these outsourced or white label?
0: Yep. No, we power all those integrations that are, that are on there.
1: Awesome. So check out partnerstack.com forward slash integrations, HubSpot users, Salesforce users. This will be an easy one for you, Zapier for everybody else. But then you've got some awesome payment gateway integrations like Chargebee and Braintree, PayPal, Unbalance, of course.
0: Stripe's in there too.
1: You know, WooCommerce, Shopify, you look to be pretty heavy. I mean, I imagine a lot of e-commerce partners come through you, but the use cases that I saw, and this is what has been really great for you guys. Bryn, you've been very gracious with your time. I thank you so much. And I want to get you back to your day. We're right about 46 minutes. So perfect timing. And I think we nailed it. If anyone else has any questions or would like to get in touch with you, Bryn or your team, why don't you mention how to do that?
0: Yeah. So the easiest way is you can reach out to me directly, Bryn, B-R-Y-N at partnerstack.com. Um, you can come check out our site, partnerstack.com and reach out to anybody on our on our team. Um, everyone's really responsive um, and you know we're always happy to talk partnerships I mean we think that there's a lot of opportunity in this space and and we're excited to be you know leading the way there so Alex thanks a lot for having me on the show and take care
1: and look forward to more from partner Stack as you guys continue to grow thanks a lot.